Welcome everyone to this episode of the Palmetto Guardian. I'm Sergeant Chelsea Weaver. Today we have a full studio, so I'm only hosting by myself. Um, so I'm going to go around the room and let everybody introduce himself, and then we're going to get going with the conversation. Oh, also you might notice a familiar face, so if you do know who the familiar face is, leave it in the comments below because he was in some of our youth camp um, videos and podcasts. So if you recognize his face, leave, leave something in the comments. So we'll go around the room. I'm Keith Wilson. Um, I'm the, the parent of the legacy today. <laughs> um, Charles Wilson, uh, active sergeant out of Fort Carson, Colorado. Uh, I'm Jack Wilson. I'm just a kid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a little so, more than that today. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I'm really excited to have all y'all in the studio today because there's a lot of good stuff that we're going to kind of get into, but... Um, so basically the topic of this discussion is like you said, the legacy. So we're starting out with your father who was in the National Guard and then moving on to, with you guys. I want to start with you, sir. If you could just give a little snippet of what you did in the Guard and what made you want to join the Guard and all that kind of stuff. Well, oh, this will be started, funny. <laughs> <laughs> it started a long time ago, like in 1985, mm -hmm. and I needed some beer money. <laughs> so I joined the National Guard. And stuff, and ended up serving 29 and a half years in this wonderful organization mm -hmm. that um, I could never truly repay everything that it has truly done for me. But I started out as an armor officer in the 1st Battalion, 263rd Armor, up in Mullins, and retired 29 and a half years later as the comptroller for the Army Guard. Awesome. So besides the beer, was there anything else that made you want to enlist? <laughs> <laughs> It, there was it, there was a, a moment of I want to do something um, and give back a little bit. Uh, when you're 20 years old, you're not quite wired that way. Mm -hmm. um, at least I wasn't. And I promise you, I have I had no idea or no plans to stick around for 29 and a half years. Mm -hmm. Had it not been for you know good people along the way that kind of said, "No, you need to stay where you are. You're you're doing a really good job." And the National Guard, when I can really truly count on one hand the number of people that if I had a problem and I needed somebody to talk to at midnight, it would be them. And there's those people know who they are. Mm -hmm. um, and I have been truly blessed uh, to have been a part of the South Carolina Army National Guard. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you say that because a lot of people that we talk to who's been in 30, 40 plus years, the story is always I was never intending to stay in that long, but there's always something that kept them going or another job or career opportunity or a person that made a difference. So I'm glad that you did brought that up for those who are watching and listening who maybe be considering that this isn't really for them, maybe that there's more opportunity out there for them. Um, I think back at 30-plus uh, at years, and I, I think of Major General retired Laurie Newton, and Phil Grubbs, uh, Ted Miller, Steve Wright, um, those those National Guard guys really, you know, put their arm around you and kind of kept you going and kind of kept you moving in the right direction. And I guess I was 10 years in and started understanding the benefits of staying in the Guard. So, um, you know, when I fully got to understand, you know, the benefits of staying in when you turn 60 and get old and you can't, you know, do things and somebody's paying your health care and somebody's paying you a retirement check for, you know, for your service, it became, wow, okay, I might can hang around a little bit longer. <laughs> So I want to go to Charles and because you're active duty. Yes. So what made you first want to enlist, but also go active duty versus National Guard? Uh, that's a great question because I, I I often ask myself the same question uh, daily every you know every morning as I wake up for PT. <laughs> um, so I I kind of I I wasn't the best student, you know. Uh, going through high school and you know when it when it came about time for me to to graduate uh, the old man was pretty much like look you, you need to figure something out whether you know whether you're going to go to college you're going to enlist and you know 
and I, I didn't, at the time I didn't really have any kind of marketable skills or anything, you know, coming, you know, coming out of high school. So I, I kind of was like, okay, you know, well, I'm going to enlist. And one of the wise decisions that he looked at me and said was like, look, okay, well, if you're going to enlist, you know, go, go to the active side because you could be able to pick up a better, a, a better skill and be able to do that daily. So I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. And, you know, and again, more, more wisdom that he, that he gave me was you better not pick infantry or armor because <laughs> you will be disowned. So yeah, you did. I remember that. You can shake your head all you want to. You, I was there. You did say that I was there. Um, so They're ganging up on you. <laughs> so that's normal. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I ended up picking MP and I've, I've been a military police officer for a, a little over seven years now. Um, and, and I've been all over the world, you know, doing it, you know, whether it's, you know, I, you know, when I spent my year in Korea in 2019, that was, that was great. You know, I loved my time in Korea in the 55th. That was, that was a great year. I, I loved it. Uh, kind of, it kind of put my career back a little, you know, back a little bit because, because it was very hard to promote in Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that, you know, the best thing I was able to do there was, was get my P status to make Sergeant. The only problem is, is that. It was. It is very hard to get BLC over there, um, you know, because at the time, uh, the only way you were going to get BLC in Korea was if you were stationed on Camp Pumphreys, or if you had over 500 points. That was going to guarantee you to promote the following month. And me at the time, I did not have over 500 p- uh, promotion points, and I was not stationed at Camp Pumphreys, so it was kind of a lose lose situation there. But I still left. Uh, I still left Korea with my P status intact, which is great. And then I was able to go to Fort Campbell, Kentucky, which I I loved it there. I did not want to leave. Unfortunately, I did have no choice but to leave because you know, you know how how being sergeants are. You know, we we don't get a, a choice in things. They just kind of they just kind of happen. And so when I left Fort Campbell, Kentucky, I went to Fort Carson, Colorado, and I've been there ever since. Um, Within like a few months of me of me getting there, uh, they they were like, "Hey, look, we're we're going to Poland, so go ahead and mentally prepare for that." And we we went to Poland, did some really did some really great things there, and and we had got back what like a week ago, two weeks ago ish. Yes, it's been a long, a long seven years, you know. And and there's you know there's people you know just like you said earlier, you know there's there's lots of people to thank along the way to kind of. To, to really help help guide you and, and mentor you along the way. You know, for me, it's, you know, it, it dates back to Fort Hood. My, you know, my first couple of years at Fort Hood to, you know, a lot of my friends who are, who some of them are still in, a lot of them are out now, but, you know, a lot of my friends are, are the reasons why I stay in and, and keep pushing. Yeah. Do you foresee yourself going the full 20 or are you kind of like a day by day type thing right now? <laughs> That. Great question. <laughs> I want to hear the answer to this too. So, so I I don't hit my reenlistment window until I think around like March of this coming year, because uh, currently my ETS date is around like May of twenty four. So, I'm I I don't, I won't hit my window till then. The only way the 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 only way active duty will keep me in is if they can guarantee me a position on a PSD team any anywhere. At this point, I'll take anywhere. But if if I had to pick. It'd be anywhere in either South or CENTCOM or or NATO in Belgium. I think that'd be the only way I'd stay in. If right. not, if not, then I'd, I'd I'll probably I'll get out of the active duty and and look more more reserve National Guard side. Absolutely, I know active duty is definitely definitely a lot different than National Guard. I've had friends on both sides and reserves, and I mean all the components are just so different, and they offer so many different things. So it's hard for people to understand why someone chooses one over the other or why they don't stay for the full retirement. Like some, some people like their lifestyle just doesn't work with active duty or they work better with the guard or some people don't want to be sent somewhere every two, three years. So they do guard. Like it's just a mix up all over the place. So you just never know. Um, And that's why it's good to explore all options because what, work for your dad isn't necessarily going to work for you or for Jack. So, Mm 
um, it's nice to hear like that you're still planning on serving. It's just whether it's going to be active or a reserve component. That way you still get your time. Because, I mean, seven years, I've been in almost 12 years, and it doesn't feel like it. Like, it's yeah. insane. Yeah. Like, I look back, and I'm like, where did the time go? Yep. Like, and I know everybody says that whenever you're first enlisting, but in the National Guard, like, even though it's that one weekend a month, like, I've deployed, I've gone on training for a month or two, like, your two-week training. Like, I've been all over, too. So, like, in the active world, they're like, oh, we're, we're – like we're big t <laughs> tough guys or whatever, but like the guard does the same exact things. It's mm -hmm. just, they're not full time. So that's like, I don't know. It's, it's nice to hear um, the different sides and from different people's perspectives, especially having somebody in your family and seeing them go through the, the ranks and all his assignments and stuff like that. So I commend you on that. Thank and you. I'm sure that after this, y'all will probably on the car ride home talk more about it. But <laughs> oh, we've been trying to get that answer for months, <laughs> and that answer is definitely subject to change. It, yeah, I, I, it's something I play close to the vest. Yeah. You know, whether I stay in or get out, it's something I just, I, I, I play relatively close. Mm -hmm. And just remember, Jack, the same questions coming to you. <laughs> oh yeah, buddy, right yeah. here in a minute. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. That's oh true. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, we'll segue into Jack over here. So for those of you, like I was saying earlier, uh, Jack is part of, well, he's been a part of the youth challenge, or not yeah. youth challenge, for the, no, the youth, youth camp. Program. I'm yeah. sorry. And let me just say um, say this from the bottom of my heart, because mm -hmm. both these boys um, participated in the youth camps put on by the National Guard. Mm -hmm. And Charles was old enough to remember having done it at Camp McCrady. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. McCrady. oh yeah. I remember that. And so, a long time ago, yeah, Charles, Charles did it. Way to uh, make me feel old. <laughs> and then, you know, Jack is Jack started uh, his first year at ten with the pistols. Yeah, first the year pistols was camper of the year under uh, under Roxanne Livingston. So, you know, Jack has grown up literally inside the National Guard Youth Camp program. Mm -hmm. And for those out there in Cyberland listening to this podcast, if you have children in the South Carolina Army National Guard, you need to get them in that you camp. You need to get their kids in that oh, camp. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, it's a great program. I enjoyed it growing up. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when you, when you hear all about Jack here, I want you all to know that it, it, I'm, I am 100% convinced. A lot of it came because of A lot of, of it camp. because of what he did in this organization, in this, in this program. So. Hats off. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's go into Jack's story here. Um, like we were saying, he was a part of the youth camp, which last year or this past year was the first time I've been a part of the camp. And I've heard people talk about it, but I really didn't know what it entailed until I was there. Yeah. And it is amazing to see from day one to the last day, like how these kids just change so much in a short amount of time and how the older teens motivate them so much and they look up to you guys so that was really cool to see um but can you kind of talk about your experience with you youth camp and also too a big achievement that everybody keeps talking about is that you got accepted to west point so i kind of want to see how that evolved into you going there and kind of what are your future goals once you get to college and after college yeah um you know like every other kid in the entire world i started out saying I want to be a Navy SEAL, and then, you know, a week later I wanted to be an astronaut, then I wanted to be a neurosurgeon for the longest time, and, you know, I feel like that's kind of how everyone's childhood goes. You just kind of bounce back into, or back and forth between a lot of things, but. Yeah, let's talk know. about that Navy SEAL thing, because I remember <laughs> those days well. I think we all remember those. <laughs> Dude, I still think I can make it through, buds. Two-hour bath time, yeah. Yeah, in the, in the cold in water. The cold, cold, in the cold water. Cold water. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you were dedicated. Oh, I was. I, I, really, <laughs> yeah. thought, I really thought I was going to be a SEAL there for oh, a while. Yeah, I remember Really that. thought I was going to be a SEAL. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, um, I was 10 years old, and I, I got to camp for the first time, and um, my PL was Roxanne Livingston. You know, at the time, it was the, the TAG's daughter, and I was like, man, that's really cool. So, you know, I, I kind of fell in love with the program really quick. Um, I got really involved as a little 10-year-old. You know, I was making sure I yelled at everyone in my little high-pitched voice, <laughs> making sure everyone was in line, make sure our squads were dressed in cover. Like, we, we, we were looking good for 10-year-olds. 
So I got the I got the the big old platoon sergeant badge. I was calling out cadence, and you know I was just I was having a really great time. And you know, as a military camp, it's a lot more than that. You know, we do a lot of activities. You get to go to the rock wall, which I cried on, by the way. So <laughs> I just want to put that out there. My first year, I cried on that thing. Uh, you know, you get to go shoot paintball guns, shoot real guns. You know, you just get to spend time with people that you know kind of come from the same background as you, but you'd never met these people before, but you come back the next year and they're, they're still there. I mean, you come back the year after that, they're still there. And you come back the year after that, after four years, they're still there. You know, I've been to that camp for eight years now and I've only known some of those people and like face to face for eight weeks, but I talk to them on the daily. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people that I have met through that camp that I consider better friends than people I see on the daily. Um, yeah, you just, you meet people, in places like that, that, that go through a lot of the same life experiences as you, but you might not be able to see them as much as you want, but you develop relationships very, uh, very dearly there. Um, and I attest a lot of those relationships to the, some of the success I've found, you know, later on now. Um, but I attest a lot of the, the values I learned about leadership and just about being squared away and doing the right thing when no one's looking, you know, the, the, the values that you learn at camp every day, the integrity you have to carry, especially becoming a junior counselor. That was a big step, you know, learning how to have to take care of kids and, you know, having someone else's kids in your hands. And that person is, is trusting you with that. You know, that's a, that's a big step. And it's hard for a lot of people to understand. Some people don't make that transition very well. And I kind of took it upon myself to make sure, you know, at the, the JC retreats and, you know, kind of that, that first day before the, the campers arrived that, you know, that idea is very understood. You know, like these are military families that are entrusting, you know, 16 and 17 year old kids to, to watch over their kids. Uh, Cause I mean, you, you saw it firsthand. The, the senior counselors are not very active. Like it's, they don't, it's not really their camp. It is, it is truly about everyone that is under 18 there. I mean, if you are under the age of 18, you run that camp. You know, the, the S shop, you know, they, they give us all the utilities we need, all the snacks we need to keep them, I guess, at bay because those kids are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, the seniors, they're there to help us, you know, when we don't know how to handle a situation. But for the most part, I mean, I'm in there tucking these kids in. I'm there waking them up. You know, now I've, I've, I woke them up pretty nice now. I, you can, if you ever find some of my kids, God, God, I hope they don't come talk to you about me. I'd, <laughs> I'd wake them up. I got, oh man, we, me and me and my buddies have, have woken them up good, but it all starts because we got the same treatment when we were campers, you know, um, JC, I, I can just name my JCs off the top of my head. I mean, they are some of the funniest, this m- most hilarious people that I remember that, you know, I look up to. Um, and I, I got, I got promoted to JC really early. Uh, I was a rocket and, I, there was something that happened and they needed an extra JC and they, they moved me up on the final day. So a lot of those JCs that, that were my JCs ended up, you know, being in that room that night. And I just remember being around, I was so intimidated. I was just like, man, I'm sleeping by taco. And I, I, you don't know, no one in this room knows who taco is, but if there's going to be someone on this podcast that knows who taco is, taco's the man. You know, and, you know, Joseph Stillwell, that dude was in the room. Loved that guy. Always looked up to him. And it's just like, man, I'm in their room now. Like, this is cool. So, I, and I, I took that to heart. I really did. I made sure I talked to everybody. I kind of learned, you know, how they were doing it. And I know their dads. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. Shocker, but, shocker, shocker. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, uh, you ask a lot of questions. I feel like that's, I feel like that's the really important thing is to ask a lot of questions. You'll never really learn about people until you start asking questions. So, you know, I asked a lot of questions, asked, you know, how they enjoy being JC, some of the, the routes that they took uh, to, to find success in being a JC. And a lot of them told me the same thing. It's just, just be who you are. You know, don't try to fake it. The kids are going to smell yet or smell you out if you try to fake it. I mean, they really will. And I feel like that really attests to a lot of other like leadership positions I've had in life. You know, right, right now I'm a store manager at a little Caesars. I can't be faked my employees. They'd sniff that out. And at that point I'd lose all respect. Then, you know, what am I going to get from my workers? Like, Hey, can you go do this for me? And they're going to tell they might look me in the face and tell me no, but I don't have a lot of employees that do that. Cause I'm, I'm very real. Um, I'm very true. I, I don't ask anything that's, you know, out of the ordinary. I, I try to keep it, you know, as efficient as possible. Just just good efficiency. And uh, 
And I feel like that's that's led to a lot of my success. And it all really started from camp and becoming a JC. It really did. I, that that was the biggest. That was probably the biggest turning point in my life. It, it really introduced me to the world of leadership, and I really attest it to the success I've found, especially when applying for the academy schools and my eventual acceptance into West Point. Was there a point where you knew you wanted to go to West Point, or was it kind of just like? You, you had your options open, and then that's the school that you decided to go to because you were accepted. Yeah, so I definitely wanted to go to West Point. It's been my number one school since, what, two years ago, I'd say, Christmas two years ago. But I wouldn't say I wanted to go to West Point because it's West Point. Um, I want to be a pilot. I've wanted to do something in aviation since probably my early sophomore year. I've kind of known that's what I wanted. Um, I've always been a thrill seeker. I just really like adrenaline and like doing things that – you know, kind of put me on, put me on edge. Uh, and flying is one of them. Uh, I'm working on getting my private rating now. I'm flying, you know, every other day, something like that. So um, I know it's what I want to do. You know, I, I love doing it. I love being just my little diamond DA-40. I love flying that thing. It's just, it's, it's fun to be up in the air. It's fun to get away. Um, it's not something that, that everyone does. It's not natural. You know, it's not natural to be in the air flying. And uh, things like that fascinate me. So I, I've enjoyed learning about flying, and I want to take it to the next level. Uh, I, I want to be in military aviation, and obviously college is really important. You know, I, I do want to have an education. I do want to have a backup plan when it comes, you know, maybe I want to get out into the civilian life. So when I sat down and talked to my dad about it, you know, he, he told me the academies were probably going to be my number one option. Um, Besides that, I've also applied for an ROTC scholarship to the Army. I also tried to put one in for the Navy, but uh, classic Navy fashion, their stuff is really, really not user-friendly. <laughs> so I applied to uh, the three academy, three the three main academies. I applied to West Point, I applied to the Naval Academy, and I applied to the Air Force Academy. Um, I have not heard back from the Naval Academy yet. I, I would assume I'd hear back from them before the Air Force Academy based on when I completed their application um, in comparison to my um, – completion of the Air Force Academy application, but I had did hear back from West Point. I'd, that was two Mondays ago from now, so about three weeks ago. I um, I was in the gym just, you know, doing everyday things, getting ready to go to school because we had exams, so I had I was on a weird schedule. I got to, like, wake up at 10, go to the gym at 11, didn't have to go to class till 2, and Dad was uh, just getting Charles back from deployment. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Charles had just come home from his deployment to yeah. Poland, and yeah. I felt like it was important that somebody from the family be there for Charles when he Absolutely. got off when he got off the plane. That's a long and night. I couldn't go. I wanted <laughs> to go. You know, and, and to hear Jack say that, that's that's the testament, I think, that if we, we talk about legacy is the fact that, you know, for two brothers to be nine years apart, they are fiercely loyal to each other and you know, I, I can remember as they we grew up we used to, you know, talk about sheeps sheep the wolves and to be a sheep dog and uh you know i'm watching these two you know and the things that they've accomplished in life i'm just like wow they have they have excelled despite me at times i think but um charles and i were in colorado and we were standing in line and the phone rings and it's jack and i swipe it and i hand the phone to charles like talk to your brother and yeah. I'm getting my ticket to go up to the top of Pike's Peak, and I hear Charles go, Dad, Dad, Jack's got a box from West Point. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it really was like that. I mean, I was I was at the gym, and I got a I got you a. Were, you ended up driving home, and you were yeah, freaking out, dude. I, I was not okay. I was on the phone with Charles the whole time. I was like, Charles, like I'm I'm gonna crash. Like I'm not good right now. My heart is racing. I freaking out. I couldn't man. feel my legs anymore. I, the car the car was just moving. I wasn't pressing the gas. So I get my ticket. Okay, so Charles gets into the window, hands me the phone, and Jack is like, <gasps> "I thought all hyperventilating over like, there." I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I said, "Open the box, dude. <laughs> it's just a box." <laughs> and and to hear the voice of, "I got in. I got in." And just like, yeah, yeah. you can say there were some tears. There was a there, lot of tears. There, a lot of tears. There was, and and you know, to until somebody they go through that application process and Jack can attest to this. It's not an application that you're going to fill out in an hour. Mm -hmm. It's not an application you fill out over a weekend and there months were, of applications and, and watching him, there were, there were some, some evenings of 
some some hard emotions. Like, I can't believe this. I can't believe You know, to get through this and to get through it. And, you know, some of my friends have asked me, you know, and I, and I, and I tell them the same thing. You know, I am so proud of both of these boys. But when you look at Jack at West Point, you're like, I'm not sure which one's prouder, the fact that he got in, big, you know, or the fact that how hard he worked, how hard he worked for as long as he's worked to get to that point and to see the success, the the, the reward for all of that work. I, I, I'll get emotional again, but I, I'm not sure which one I, I cherish the most, you know, and you know, you talk about military legacies for just a second. We'll turn the clock back a little bit, okay, for these guys, <laughs> so that everybody understands they get it naturally. It, it's not. It's not just me. Not at all. Their grandfather was a, is a retired Marine Corps two star, and their great grandfather was a World War Two veteran, shot, and wounded in the Battle of the Bulge, got a Purple Heart and a Bronze Star. So. All of that legacy, it goes further back than me. So, you know, don't blame me. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, they get it naturally. And um, I, as a a dad, uh, you can't be prouder to have two boys that are willing to sign a blank check um, and to serve America and do 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 that thing and sign that blank check. And everybody that serves knows what that blank is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So um, I kind of want to go back to Jack for a second because we were talking about West Point before, and you're talking about wanting to be a pilot and everything. Do you have an idea of what branch of service or what you want to fly, or is it kind of like you'll figure yeah. it out once you get through your four years? Oh yeah, this would be a good <laughs> we want to know Here's that question. question. <laughs> okay, so let's be. I'll give I'll give you the same response that you know they don't want to hear again, but it is the truth. I, y'all keep asking, but this is the truth. Uh, I applied to West Point. I applied to the Naval Academy. I applied to the Air Force Academy. I have not made my decision yet. Um, of course, I got into West Point. There, I can log into my portal and go click the little green check box, and I'll be there on the 26th. I cut and dry. I just got to go tell them I don't have any tattoos. That's it's kind of the, the the end of that. Lame. But <laughs> but I, I I put in copious amounts of work to apply to the Naval Academy and the Air Force Academy. You know, alike. Uh, I also did that with an ROTC scholarship. All of those you know applications combined with writing essays to senators and to congressmen and trying to get those nominations. I have written 40 ish essays and they can't be the same. They check like they, they run plagiarism checks on those things. So, you know, I can't rewrite the same thing and just reword it. Like it has to be, everything has to be genuine. Everything has to be, you know, your best work. So I put in way too much work for me to get my West point letter and just be like, I'm done. Like I, it sounds kind of like kind of selfish, but I mean, I put on a lot of work. I kind of want to see where else I get, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the as far as you know, the the question was, you know, what do I want to fly? What branch? I don't know what branch yet, but I know what the decision comes down to. For me, it's most likely to become uh, Naval or West Point. I I don't know how I feel about the Air Force Academy. There's just there's some you know, extenuating circumstances going around, you know, and it's. It's not something that I'm, I would say that's my number one interest, but if I get the Naval Academy, I I would consider both them and West Point pretty even, um, and it will really come down to if I want to fly fixed wing or if I want to fly rotary. Um, now you can go home and look at my brand new Christmas iPad I just got, and my lock screen is a Blackhawk, <laughs> but my home screen is an F fourteen. <laughs> so I even even on the small things like that, I bounce back and forth. So, you know, I would say that for the longest time, all I've talked about is being a Blackhawk pilot. But I've also am pretty knowledgeable in knowing that most aviation officers in the Army fly Apaches, which is unfortunate because I I would say that my dream is to fly Blackhawks. Um, but you know, I'm someone that that knows that there are things that happen in the Army that aren't, aren't always the I would guess, I guess you could call it the regulation. So, you know, it, let's say I go through West Point, you know, that, that West Point degree, that West Point graduation, having West Point on your name kind of opens up some doors maybe that aren't usually open for, for others, which, you know, I guess is beneficial on my end for, I, 
you know, trying to get what I want as far as, you know, trying to, you know, accomplish some of those dreams, like being a Black Hawk pilot. But I also know that the Army just awarded the contract for their new aircraft that will be coming out in probably about four years. They'll probably start testing it. It's, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's it's pretty much like an Osprey. It, it looks pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those things look cool. But I don't know how I feel about it. You remember when the Osprey came out in the Navy and they crashed it, like, Every day. Gave it straight to the Marine Corps. <laughs> Gave it straight only, to the Marine Corps. Only, only if Jack gets into the Naval Academy would I ever envision saying, go Navy, beat Army. I still won't say it. I was about to say, I can't imagine either of you would say that. That's going to be real hard. I still won't say it. Would you even say that? That I mean, dude, nope. I, I would, I would uh, understand if not. Nope. Nope. But I will say this. If you if you were to ask right now where my heart is, my heart's at West Point. Just that that's what started it. I mean, I mean, seriously, that is that was what started it. Now, the other part they haven't told you is is that both they have a cousin, yes, uh, my nephew who graduated West Point class of it's the coolest dude in the world. Twenty ten. Twenty ten. It's the coolest dude in the world, and he is a special forces company commander, major, and stuff. So. Yeah. Literally the coolest dude in the world. Oh yeah, straight up certified. And I, I I don't know if I can say this, but he's a certified badass. I mean, yeah, <laughs> dude. You he walks in through the door. It's just like, yep, he, he's cool. <laughs> you, you just you stop what you're doing. Just look at him. Just say, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, gotcha. But uh, no, I I'll, I will I will go with where my heart is. Come come April, you know, I have some. I have a few months to kind of decide it. I'm just I'm happy I got one, and I'm happy that it came at a time in which. He came home from deployment. I haven't seen him in nine months. Dude, I really even gotten to talk to him. The last time I talked to him, he was in some van whittling a stick in Poland. I don't, I don't it, was even my, th- it was my Humvee. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, that's the last time I had ta- like actually gotten to talk to him on the phone. Cause, I mean, dude was all over the place. I mean, it didn't even – there was no nighttime there. I just – I. That was, that was like the first month of Finland. Yeah, dude, it was weird <laughs> talking to him, dude. He, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, it's midnight, sun's right there, huh? How's yep. that have it?" But yep. no, nah, it, it's it can't it couldn't have come at a better time. It really couldn't have. I mean, to be able to be on the phone with these two, you know, while he had just gotten home, that's 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 like divine intervention type stuff right there. I mean, it was it was wonderful to be able to share that moment. Um, I, I yeah, there was a lot of tears shed. You know, there there really was. At, that was a a long application process, and it's it's designed that way. I think to weed a lot of kids out, um, because you really gotta you gotta be devoted to be able to, to get through those those processes, and to do three of them individually, along with you know three other applications to apply to the two senators to get a nomination from them, and then the one congressman for the seventh district. It is a lot. I mean, it really is. I mean, I I had zero appreciation for it going in. I mean, I I really did. Go back to what I said, which made me prouder, the fact that he got in <laughs> or he got rewarded for all the hard work. Because yeah. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. it, it was. But, it, you know, it was a lot more than just applying. You know, I've been a store manager for seven months. I've been working at Little Caesars for months. I've been doing, you know, I've, I've, there's very seldom I don't have a job. I usually don't have a job during baseball season and that's it. Every other time I have a job, you know, which it's not normal from where we're from. Like, it's just not like you don't really find a lot of people, you know, that are willing to work anymore. So it's, it's hard. Um, so, you know, I, I enjoy working. Uh, of course I have my classic teenage days where I'm like, crap, I really got to go into work today. Like I'd much rather sit in my room and play Xbox. Like I really would, but I know I'm coming up on that point of life where it's just, it's not acceptable to be able to do those kind of things anymore. You know, it's, it's, more important that I take time out of my day to further my career and try to set myself up to be as professional and I would say as 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 useful of a leader as I can be because you know one of the big things that I think pushed me um, to to go into the leadership part of the army to become an officer and and pursue that is listening to some of his stories and listening <laughs> to no I'm, I'm serious listening to some of the not positive stories about leadership he's had because i mean we can be honest that's that's everywhere in the world there's bad leadership everywhere in the world and um i think it's important that within an organization within a branch of of military service like the army something as prestigious as it is that we continue to push out great leaders and push out people that are are personable and that are willing to to be selfless in their service and the way that they lead their men um i think that's really important um, I think that I would love to devote my life towards it and I hope that I might get to, to teach it one day, you know? Um, 
but hearing some of the stories of the the way that you know maybe that some of his officers went you know about treating him or his soldiers that are under him as an NCO it's it was is disheartening sometimes um and I think it's important that for someone like me who has gone through the camp and I've I've shown that I have you know I have the basics of leadership down that I can go to somewhere like West Point or I can go to somewhere like the Naval Academy and really blossom in those leadership or skills and and put them back into the real world where it seems like we need some help. Now, with not to like put the spotlight on you again, but with how you responded to getting into West Point, how are you going to feel if you get two more acceptance letters? Yeah. Like, are you going to freak Ooh. out? And so, so it's, it's <laughs> funny. It, I think everyone in the world's more Under excited than pressure. <laughs> dude, no, this is nothing, dude. Are you kidding me? Try talking to Tim Scott. That's that that dude. I didn't get to talk to him, but I got. To, he was like he was in the room beside me talking to some other person. But like just knowing that he was like in my presence, man, that's a that's a that's a guy right there, Tim Scott. Love that guy. Anyway, um, I think everyone else has kind of made it a bigger deal than I have. Uh, I think it's more because like I've put in all the work. I I was just happy that I was done with the application. Um, so everyone else is just, everyone else has kind of made it a bigger deal than I have. You know, I was in the newspaper, there's a freaking billboard with my big old face on it, my name and Florence. I mean, it's it actually kind of hilarious. I mean, yeah. I mean, there is a literal <laughs> billboard of me and it's just like, guys, come on now. Like I, I got into college. Like, I, I, <laughs> like come on. Like, I get it. Like it's, it's, a, it's West Point, but like, come on a billboard. But anyway, but um, as a me, parent, he got into West Point. He, when he graduates, He'll have a job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, more like you don't have to pay a $500,000 worth of education like that at school is. That's true. He'll have a job. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, be able to, I'll be able to take care of you. Your student loans won't be all that expensive. Probably you too, to be honest. <laughs> no, no, we NCOs, we, we're, we're, we're pretty, he, most of us are squared away. I say remember, most of us. Cause Charles is a lifetime member of the E4 Mafia. Yeah, that's, it. Yeah. that's it. But I, anyway. I was a god. <laughs> nah, but it has raised the question for me. It's like, man, if I get in the Naval Academy, are we really just going to go for round two? Is there going to be another billboard? U.S. Naval Academy. Like, come on, No, guys. they can just keep the same billboard and just add. Or we can just, school. like, lose the billboard. The billboard's kind of weird, you know? Do you know how many, like, I get Snapchats on the daily. It's just like, hey, dude, I saw you on a billboard. I'm like, dude, don't talk to me about it. Like, <laughs> If you think that that was my idea to put a billboard with my face on it, you're you're out of your mind. Like Whose that idea just, was that? Was that the district? That was the school district's idea. That they did not <laughs> they did not ask me if I was cool with that. They just did it. You remember what I said? You remember what I told you when when that happened? Yeah, I remember. But we probably shouldn't say it here. Anyway, because no, I remember like <laughs> I remember telling you like you know I was like when you're gonna like when you become a a, a hometown celebrity like you're gonna get a lot of hate for yep. it. Yep. You know, people who you thought were like really close to you are are, are just going to hate on you because you're succeeding better than they are. That's a real that's a real life story, too. I mean, that is very real. I mean, especially some people have like I feel like people have started like looking into it a little bit. Um, you know, there's not I would say that the the support is not everywhere, but it's really important that I, I take the support that I have, especially with here and, and here. And, and you know, a lot of the people from my school, uh, I would say a lot of my counselors, a lot of the administration, um, ever since I've gotten in and honestly throughout some of my uh, application process, especially my guidance counselor, Miss Yarbrough, um, wonderful people have had nothing but support. Um, but, you know, what Charles says is true. You know, with, with success comes people that, you know, wish that they had it. And, you know, to that, I would I would just encourage more people to just try, just 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 really give you know the things in life that you want, give it your full effort. And if if you don't make it, you don't make it. That's fine. You know, if I wouldn't have gotten accepted into West Point, I was completely okay going to the Citadel. I got that was my first acceptance letter. Um, I got I got accepted in the Citadel and. I got accepted in the Citadel in what's early October, um, something like that. And yeah, I mean, I was I was, I was, I was stoked. Series. I was super stoked. I was like, man, I got into college. Like that's cool. Like I was happy with that. Obviously, it wasn't the big fish. It's not what I wanted, but um, yeah, I was I was super okay with that. And I would be I'd be thrilled to be going to the Citadel like today. I I'd, I'd be okay with that. I really would. I love the campus. My dad graduated from there. It would have been a really special time getting for him to be able to hand me my diploma. You know, as a Citadel grad of. 2023 or no that'd be 2027 2027 so it'd be it'd be pretty special it really would but at the end of the day I knew that I was putting in a lot more work for for bigger fish and I just kept kept working um so yeah to to kind of say what Charles said it's it's true it is true but 
I, I, I don't think that anything that I've done is just unattainable for everybody. I mean, I, I think anyone could do it. The problem is, is, is some people just, just don't have that work, that, that drive, that push. And I think that's, that's what being a leader is going to be all about really truthfully when it comes time to become, whenever I get into the army and I'm, you know, done with West Point, I'm an officer, you know, how can I give soldiers that push? How can I install that drive within them and get the best results? So, you know, I, I, those are the answers that, you know, I'll be looking for at West Point. Those are the things I'll be wanting to learn and what better place to learn than there. I mean, Robert E. Lee went through there. MacArthur went through there. Eisenhower went through there. I mean, we, we could sit here and just start naming names of the people that you read in the history books. Those are people that are going to be famous for the, the rest of time. I mean, military gods. Mil, mil, yeah, exactly. Mil, it's the military Mount Rushmore has gone through there. I mean, truthfully. Patton. Yeah, Patton. <laughs> I mean, if you, you can go, I mean, you can go to the Naval Academy. It's the same thing. It's every, like, the, the academy. <laughs> Yeah, you can tell who our uh, historian is over there. He looks like a historian with his beard, doesn't he? I was going for Santa. Oh, second runner-up, right? Yeah. But, you know, he talked about Charles, and I and we um, I went out to visit him one time at Fort Hood, and he, as a young private, PFC, he was Something like several that. of his, you know, cohorts. We were all sitting there having dinner at, and I told him, I said, you, you will learn as much from good leaders and you will learn a lot more from bad leaders because you will learn not only what you don't want to be because I think that is critical because um, as, you know, when I was a second lieutenant, the best word of advice given to me was from a battalion commander. And he said, looked at me and he said, I want you to go out and make mistakes. He said, "If you're not making mistakes, if you're not making mistakes, you're not doing anything. And That's a true not, statement. And if you're not doing anything, go away. Just get out. I don't need you." It stuck with me to the day. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget it. Yeah, that is very true. I mean, you want to learn. You want to be well-rounded in every area, and no one's perfect. So you're going to make mistakes regardless. Mm-hmm. It's just how you come about it and what you learn from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of want to go back to Charles. How does it make you feel that your little brother, like you're, you have so many years of, uh, with between each other, and like you've been in the military for several years, you've deployed, you've been stationed to all these different places. Like, how does it make you feel to see him grow up and follow the family legacy footsteps? I guess you could say, and like get into West Point, also a the whole application process for all these different schools, like he was talking about, like how does it make you feel as a, a older brother to see him accomplish all of those things and to follow <laughs> in your family's footsteps? Man. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's, it's a proud moment, you know, and you know, when we, I remember, you know, when we, when we had got back, you know, we had, you know, we had just landed and everything, and, and actually, I, I can backtrack that because, you know, when I when we were still in Poland and, and and everything, we were, you know, we were we were all over the all over that country and, and stuff and do all a bunch of different stuff with with people, you know, and and he had he had mentioned to me, you know, right I think it was before we left that he had, he was going to try to, you know, start that application process, and I was like, okay, you know, that that'd be that'd be really cool, you know. So we, you know, once we left and started doing, you know, all the stuff that we were doing over there, um, you know, we were, I want to say it was the summer, I want to say it was the summer we were doing a, we were doing a wet gap crossing. And for MPs, that, that's very rare, you know, a lot of MP units don't, don't do wet gap crossings with people, you know, that's, that's just not something that, that we do. Ironically, it's, it's, it's in our handbook, we do it. You know, and and I know it's funny, haha. MPs in the field, you know, ha ha ha. Yeah, it happens. So, but we were, you know, and and Jack kind of alluded to it earlier. You know, being, you know, while we were there, we were doing this. You know, we were doing these really long convoys. You know, throughout the entire throughout the entire country of Poland, and and we we would, you know, we often made the joke, and I, and I joked with him too about it. I was like, look, man, I was like, when when you go into the army, trust your NCOs to your left and your right. You know, I was like, because without your NCOs to your left and your right, you will be lost for days. You will be that, that typical lost little lieutenant who doesn't know where he's at. 
All right, it happens. I've seen it myself. I've had to go find a lieutenant lost on the land nav course. It's it's happened. It it happens more often than you think it does. And and we were, you know, it, while we were doing this convoy and stuff, we were, you know, we were going all the way up to Lithuania. We we didn't go up to Lithuania with the armor armor unit we were with, but we made the joke, you know, we were like, you know, if you if you look at Lithuania on a map, you know, south, you know, north northeastern poland on a map you know you have that little sliver of of land owned by russia and you have that you have all of belarus who is you know in in the news has supported russia during this entire during their entire occupation of of ukraine and you know i was like you know if, if we take a wrong turn we're either in russia or we're in belarus you know getting getting beat up by russians like I hope the lieutenant in charge of this formation, you know, is, is going the right direction. So I guess the question is, if you know, I was that lieutenant, if I was that lieutenant, how safe are you feeling? Oh man, uh, <laughs> hope you have your GPS working. Um, I don't need a GPS, but you know, and and I was sitting in that, you know, I'd be sitting in, in our in our Humvee just whittling at sticks all, you know, the entire convoy, and and stuff just kind of joking with him the you know the most of the time I was uh, you know I was over there and you know we you know we'd fast forward to you know my two months in Finland you know and we were still joking about the whole you know West Point thing you know he had I, th- I like, think you had bro, finished what I, if I get in I think you I think you had finished your applications by by that point yeah I you finished know, by, the, by the time I was I was in Finland I want to say you had finished yeah I finished them in like like late October that's that's probably about Maybe. the right time frame. Right, right around when I left Finland. Though. Yeah, that's probably about the right and, time frame. And and we were we were in Povitz, you know, right there at the right there at the end, doing our our law enforcement stuff there because you know every everything we did in in Povitz was the 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 law enforcement side for for us over there. Every you know everything in Eastern Europe was ran out of the PMO we had in in Povitz, and um, and you know I was I was joking with my squad leader one day. I was like I was like you know. My brother just finishes at his West Point applications, and he looks at me. He goes, "Jesus, what happened to you?" <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Man," I, I just kind of looked at him. I was like, "I don't know." You know, I'm, I'd, I'd rather lead soldiers from the front and stay, sit in an office all day, like my lieutenant did. And you know, not to bash officers or nothing, but yeah. it, it, it's true. That's why I like to be an armor <laughs> officer. I was on the tank. So <laughs> I want to be an aviation officer. I'll be flying you. Yeah, thank God. I'll make sure I make those turns real steep for you, but uh, it wouldn't be the first time. Oh, okay. Anyway, so, <laughs> so, but we, you know, we were, you know, when we came back and stuff, you know, super late and everything, you know, you know, people around me had known that, you know, they they knew that Jack had applied and and stuff, just waiting to hear back and. And stuff like that. So that's that's why you know when we got back and we were doing all of our reintegration stuff from from coming back. You know when I when I finally when we got the word and everything, and of course me being as, as super stoked as, as as I was and watching him cry, which is one of the you know rare times that I can count on one hand that I've seen him do it. You know I I blasted on Facebook, of course, because, you know, as excited as I was, I, I couldn't help myself. You know, I was, I was super stoked, excited, you know, every, everything under the sun. And, you know, a bunch of my friends that I worked with, you know, walked up to me. They're like, dude, that, that's exciting. Like, that, that, that's awesome. You know, if, it, if anyone deserves it, you know, just hearing. Because I, I, I talk about Jack all the time and, and stuff. And while we were over there, like, me and, like, I would talk about Jack all the time, doing all of this, all of this stuff to try to, to you know, Go to West Point, Annapolis, Air, you know, AFA, the whole nine yards, and and um, you know, so when when we got word that that he had got in, you know, all my friends who who had known, you know, who had known and were really close with me were like, dude, that's awesome, you know, congratulations, and tell your brother, you know, we all said congratulations too. So it was it was exciting, and you know, as you know, as that NCO, you know, you you really hope that. You know when he when he gets in, you know he listens to those NCOs regardless of, you know regardless of of who that in, of who that NCO is because you know as as you know too you know we we hold a lot of a lot of information you know we're a lot of us have been in and around the block a, a few times and we know we know what people expect of us we are we are the standard we are the standard bearers as NCOs that 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 is our job and. 
you know, we have to show not just the junior listed, but also the, the junior officers exactly what right is supposed to look like. And I feel like, you know, the, this newer NCO core, especially on the active side, you know, some of these NCOs come in and, and they're, you know, they, they haven't been in as long, you know, like we have a couple sergeants who, who've been in for less than three years. You know, they made E5 relatively quick. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That that's not what I'm saying at all. But it wouldn't hurt to have more experience in the in the job in you know in that particular job field before you you know try to rush to to be a leader. You know, you don't rush success. And that's something I I, I try to help him with. You know, you don't want to rush to rush to failure. And I listened to that. I really did. The the especially the rushing part of it. I took my time on my applications, so I mean that was uh, of all the things you probably you probably told me I needed to do. You, whatever you told me to take my time, whenever I was probably it was probably some late night in September. I was probably just like, man, I'm about to just <laughs> 500 word essay, type 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 type, and I didn't Charles, Charles, nope, don't do that. Just take your time. take your time, do it the right way. And I was like, oh, okay, I right, sure. I'll do it. And it worked. And it worked. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> and it worked. The NCO came in clutch for me. And I was like, okay, there you go. So, I mean, it, you, you know, you say, you know, you really hope I listen to my NCOs. And, I mean, I, I've kind of already started, you know. Like I, we I, know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. That is fair. I, I, I can I can personally already attest to it. Well, I we could literally talk for hours, yeah. honestly. Like, y'all, y'all's story is really cool. And I'm excited for you, especially having both of your sons in and going eventually and jack for getting to west point and charles congratulations for completing your deployment i know that it's always exciting to get home before the holidays so it's good that you were all able to be together um maybe we could have you all come back once jack decides where he's going and what he's doing and then we can talk more about this so hopefully i'll be home (laughs) hopefully i'll be in town yeah i'll let him do that one solo yeah i I, I always love coming up here there's there's people for me to talk to whenever i'm coming here i know everyone it feels like i know everyone here so i'd I love coming up. Home. All my friends are gone. <laughs> <laughs> like you got to make new He's ones. He's all alone. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I really appreciate all y'all coming in and taking the time to talk with us. Um, if you like this video, make sure you give it a big thumbs up. If you haven't subscribed to our channel, make sure you hit the subscribe button, and we will catch you guys in the next episode.